Locked On Flyers, your daily podcast on the Philadelphia Flyers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Flyers podcast for Wednesday, October 28th, your daily dose of Flyers news, analysis, and high quality content that is actually kind of getting excited that Halloween is actually happening. (laughs) I know I say I don't like it and I don't, but I, I do forget that there are some fun things about it that I do enjoy that we'll talk about today. Yeah, that Halloween is exciting. I think I'm more excited because after Halloween, like I can go all in for uh, Thanksgiving and Christmas. So I'm ready for that. I know people, I try to keep quiet about it because I know everyone hates that. <laughs> but I'm ready to play some Christmas music, like holiday music. I, they're such good songs. <laughs> well, we'll get into it in our mailbag today. Locked on Flyers is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. So subscribe and you'll get all of our episodes here on the Locked on Sports Network, your team every day. Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON and you'll get 20% off your next order. We're your hosts. I'm Rachel. And I'm Danielle. And today we have an update via Greg Wyshynski at ESPN. Uh, He talked to some of the minor leagues about what's going on with their planning. So we'll talk about that. And then we will get into our mailbag and wrap up with our Flyers fun thing. Follow us on Twitter at LockdownFlyers so you can send us questions for the weekly mailbag. You can give us topics you'd like us to discuss during this offseason or a guest you'd like to hear, all that fun stuff. And if you don't have Twitter, you can always email us at LockdownFlyers at gmail.com. So the article that they put out on ESPN Hockey about the lower leagues, which we'll link to in the show notes, of course, was pretty interesting and eye-opening in terms of like all the different considerations. And we've talked about some of them here, but there were some additional things that, you know, we hadn't brought up before that, you know, the heads of all these leagues had have brought up there. So I think one of the biggest takeaways from it was that the NHL is really kind of spearheading everything and providing uh, access to their medical resources and data and materials to the lower leagues, including the ECHL and the SPHL, the Southern Professional Hockey League, so that you know everybody is doing their planning with the latest and greatest information and can do things according to guidelines, whatever they may be at that moment. And you know what? I think that makes the most sense. Uh, The NHL kind of has successfully done this at, you know, their level. So it makes sense that they're aiding the AHL and the ECHL um, at at their levels because they don't have the resources that the NHL does. So starting off with the AHL, of course, uh, Scott Housen took over the leadership of the AHL this summer, which, wow, what what a time to start that job. But the the key thing there is that all the teams want to make it work, but nobody can guarantee it because everything is changing so rapidly right now. Uh, Scott has acknowledged that December 4th doesn't look realistic at this point, but they don't have anything to change it to at this point either. And then they would likely mirror 
a potential All-Canada division in the NHL, which would entail moving uh, Stockton, which is the Calgary affiliate, Bakersfield, which is the Edmonton affiliate, and Utica, which is the Canucks affiliate, to Canada for the season. And the logistics of that is a whole other kind of undertaking. Yeah, it is. I I don't know what they're going to do. I mean, move them up to Canada, I guess? Yeah, it's just a matter of where and in what arena. It could be just in the cities where their NHL teams are at a smaller rink is probably the best option. But, you know, it's hard to say. And um, right now, only seven of the AHL teams can have fans in the stands, according to their local regulations, which is not a lot. Not at all. And like we said before, I mean, we talk about it over and over, but the AHL really depends on attendance. So seven is such a few number, but um, I'm always like, I always forget that there's so many more uh, rinks in Canada because like, you're right, they (laughs) could just go to a smaller rink in the city that they, that their teams are in. Um, But I'm just like, oh, wow, that makes a lot of sense. (laughs) Yeah. So then the other kind of main bit of information there is looking at the considerations for the AHL that maybe we hadn't looked at. And of course, there's the overarching economics of it, like you were just talking about with attendance. But one of the other things is how they would work potential schedule flexibility into it, you know, much like the NFL and Major League Baseball uh, and Major League Soccer kind of rescheduled some games when there were positive COVID tests on their teams and they had to quarantine for a little bit they were able to reschedule. And one of the things that the AHL has to its advantage is that currently the way their schedule is usually built is that the games are concentrated on the weekends. And so they could utilize weekdays to make up any games that they would miss. Yeah, that is a positive uh, for them. And then the final takeaway from the AHL portion of the article was that You know, it's hard for the teams to staff appropriately when they don't know what kind of level of ticket sales that they can sell in in terms of, you know, they can't really have group sales. But if they sell individual tickets or season tickets, you know, a lot of the teams have furloughed or laid off their ticket sales staff and like getting them back when they don't know exactly what's going on is pretty difficult. Or if, like, their current staff had moved on to other jobs or things like that. That's a part that I don't think I really uh, thought about. Normally you think that, okay, like, they furlough these people, they'll come back. But it's been how long? And, you know, I can't imagine that a lot of people haven't moved on to figure out what they're going to do. So that is really, that's a tough one. So for the ECHL, they have allowed teams to opt out of the season entirely. So two teams have done that. The Norfolk Admirals and the Atlanta Gladiators have done that. And we've talked about this before, but they currently have two opening nights planned. So 13 of the teams are starting on December 11th, and they'll play 72 games total. That interestingly includes three teams in Florida. But, you know... (laughs) And then January 15th is the start date for all the remaining teams, which does include the Reading Royals, the Flyers ECHL affiliate. And they will likely play fewer games, all those teams that are starting later. Right now they have a schedule that goes through January 14th. 
for that first block of teams and they they don't have a schedule for those later teams yet but it's it's kind of like all of this is such a crapshoot yeah it's so weird that you know some certain teams are starting now and then gonna have 72 games and then other teams are starting in January and gonna have less games so I wonder how that will shake out but you're right it's all a crapshoot like who knows what's gonna happen yeah and the kind of couple of issues that were brought out about the ECHL is that a lot of their funding comes from local business sponsorships and so those businesses likely do not have the funds for these local sponsorship money. (laughs) And so if they're not getting the income that way and they can't sell as many tickets, like what does that mean for them? And can they afford to even be flexible at all if, you know, they have to spin up the arena on an off day? That's a really good point. I didn't think about that. Yeah. So we'll see what happens uh, moving forward with the ECHL. And then finally, they also talked about the the SPHL, where half of their 10 teams have opted out. So they have to kind of reimagine what their league looks like for this season. And that's a challenge in and of itself. All right. So it's time to get into our mailbag. And our first question is about our 2020 draft picks, just in case you haven't listened to yesterday's show, we had Christopher Headland on to talk about Emile Andre. And it was such a great conversation. We learned a lot more about our new defensive prospect. So go and listen to that, then come back and listen to our mailbag <laughs> and predict for our first question, who of the 2020 draft class will be the first to play an NHL game? I think it will probably be Forrester, but I, Tyler, uh, Tyson Forrester, but I would not be surprised if it was Zade Wisdom. Yeah, I'm thinking it's going to be Forrester. I think he just has a more clear path to get to the big club, I think. You know, we talked about in yesterday's episode that you know, the Flyers are pretty deep defensively and that Emil needs at least two, if not three years to get to the NHL. And I just think Forrester, while it's not likely for him to make the team in two years, it I think he has the greatest shot of any of them. Yeah, I definitely agree. And I think it helps that he's a winger. Um, and not a mm-hmm. not a center too. So uh, he has yeah. a lot of things that break in his way to to be that prospect that plays first in in his draft. Yeah, I think so too. But you know, I think you're right too that Zade Wisdom could be that uh, surprise. Yeah, I, I just something something about him. Just like I I think that I don't know. I could see him making the jump. So all right, next question. We talked in the first segment about the lower leagues so if and when the AHL gets going would you go to a Phantoms game this year Hmm. I think my my first answer is no but I think it would depend on like you know what where we are (laughs) right now like uh what are the cases the numbers like what I'm doing there would be a lot of factors that would make that would have to be right for me to say yes, but I think as of right now, I'd probably I'd have to say no. Yeah, I think I'm with you on that. I think that 
I would need to see what the precautions were, like what the regulations were, what the max seating, the spacing in between it, all of Mm -hmm. that before I would consider it. But God, I hope it's possible. I know that would be ideal. I know we talked about a little bit before, but the flyers are doing they're like movie night. And at first I was like, "Ah, I don't know, but they're only letting 250 people in and you're like distance, distance. So I think there's like, it's like two people in one section or like your group, however you come with it or you buy your tickets in one section. So if it's like spacing out like that, I feel a lot better and I would absolutely go, but you never know. Yeah. I I just keep thinking about, well, I've been to places like the doctor's office or the dentist and that was okay. So if I can do that, I could go into a building pretty spaced out. I think it would just depend on how the entrance exit system. Yeah, that's true. All right. Switching gears for the next question. Uh, What is your prediction for when Phil Myers signs? That is a good question. I, I don't know. If you asked me two weeks ago, I would have said by the end of October, but here we are at the end of October and we're running out of, uh, we're running out of landing rooms. So I think I'll probably say the, the beginning of November, like I'm going to cheat and say, I could see it in the beginning to like the first two weeks of November. I could see him signing. Yeah, maybe right at mid-November seems about right. Just because if it hasn't happened now, I feel like they're taking their time. Yeah. So that it'll be closer to training camp whenever that is. Yeah, and I think um, a lot of people, well, I've seen rumblings from a lot of people say that, you know, with all this time, like, they wouldn't be surprised if Myers is locking down, like, a long-term deal, which is ideal, of course. So... You know, yeah. if, if, if that's if we have to wait a little bit longer for a long term team friendly ish deal for Myers, like I, I, I'll take that. Me too. And if it is a longer term deal, you know, with all the contracts that we've seen so far that are longer, the structure has been wonky because of the flat cap and and all of that. So taking the time to figure out exactly how to parse the money from year to year for cash <laughs> outlay could take a while. Yeah, exactly. I have been watching a little bit on Instagram, Christopher Stieg's stories, and he's actually been kind of funny, and he was great during the playoffs in terms of commentary about the games, but now he is on Battle of the Blades, which is the hockey figure skater mashup, like figure skating competition show in Canada. And so, yeah, Christopher Sieg is on Battle of the Blades now. And we've had another flyer on that show before Bruno Gervais was on. And I think he came in third in his season. So he did pretty well. So are there any current flyers that once they retire, you think should go on Battle of the Blades? Did you say current flyers? Mm Mm-hmm. Okay, so no one retired because I think everyone would know that I'd say Danny Breer like I would right um okay current it would have to be Kevin Hayes because I think he'd be he'd give the best energy but I don't know if he would do it if like because he's not Canadian 
Um, but I'd have to say Kevin Hayes. I think he'd be really funny and I would watch it if he was on. Yeah, that's a really great option. I think that he would have the personality for it. I kind of would like Ivan Provorov to go on, though, just from a skating perspective. I think, like, he could pick up some of the more complex figure skating moves in a way that some of the other flyers maybe wouldn't. I could see that. I could absolutely see that. And he would, like, work hard to do well. Like, Kevin would be funny, but Provorov would probably win it or come up, like, runner-up. Yeah, like he would he would get the like choreography down really well and like be graceful and and all of that. Like I would really love to see him. Okay. And then next question. If you were to make up a cocktail based on our captain, Claude Giroux, so it would be called the Claude Giroux, what would it be? Oh, no. (laughs) Everyone listening is going to think, oh, my gosh, Danielle is such a loser. But I am not like a heavy drinker, so I have no idea what type of cocktail. But I would want it to be like an Auburn colored drink. So I think it would have to be. And I, I mean, I would drink this. okay? so I'm sorry to anyone who wouldn't. But it would be like apple cider. And Prosecco mixed together, kind of like a apple cider mimosa, huh. which I think would taste really good because I'm a fan of apple juice. And that's why I, like, I don't drink mimosas because it's orange juice. But I've seen people drinking this now. So I think that's what it that's what I would make. I don't know if it, <laughs> I don't know <laughs> if it's like embodies Claude Giroux, but it's Auburn. It's festive. And I would drink it. <laughs> that actually sounds good. I would <laughs> I would at least try that drink. Oh, good, good. Because I am not a good bartender, so. Yeah, I'm not a big drinker, but I know alcohol pretty decently. <laughs> I mean, you're so a Flyers I, fan. So. Well, yeah. You got through all these yeah. games. <laughs> so I think what I would do, because I'm silly and basic is have it with captain morgan rum oh okay and you know for the captain aspect of it but then mix it with a little bit of cranberry juice and coke with a twist of lime whoa rachel you got fancy okay yeah i think you know you color it with the cranberry juice a little bit Mm -hmm. and then you get a little bit of fizz with the cola and then just that lime gives it the little bite at the end. And I think that is Claude Giroux. There you go. That's a good one. Oh, sorry. Mine was not <laughs> as good. Well, I know that both of our cocktails are probably pretty tasty. But what else is tasty is Built Bars. They are a soft protein bar that are healthy for you but have 18 amazing flavors. You know, they have something for everyone, whether you like chocolate or nuts or fruit flavors or anything. And I especially like a couple of their newer flavors, lemon almond cheesecake and carrot cake. So yeah, I know I didn't know what I was talking about with uh, cocktails, but Bilt Bar, I know what I'm talking about. These things are so good and so convenient and handy. But the best part is that they're healthy. 
Built Bar is great if you're looking to lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. Somehow they combine low calorie, low sugar, high protein, and high fiber into a bar that actually tastes good and it's really good for you. And it works if you are on different types of diets like the keto diet or you're just watching your carbs. Built Bar is perfect for everyone. So if you go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKEDON, you'll get $10 off your first order. That's promo code LOCKEDON for $10 off at BuiltBar.com. So here we are with our Halloween portion of the mailbag. Danielle, do do we think the Flyers are going to dress up this year, given that everybody's off in their own places? I think some are. I definitely would not be surprised if the, like, honestly, I think everyone's going to dress up on their own. Like, I think the younger guys are going to dress up, um, hopefully socially distanced, and they are just have like dressing up at their homes and then the older guys like I can see them dressing up with their kids like even though you know this we're in a weird time I still think that kids are going to get dressed up and um and I could see them doing family costumes absolutely so is there anybody in particular you're looking forward to seeing what they wear definitely the captain he was captain of man no he was superman last year i think when gavin was like super little and they went out so i wonder if they're gonna do they seem like the type to do like a family outfit and um i'm looking forward to that and then you know what i wouldn't be surprised if our young joel Farabee dressed up and s- put it on its instagram story so i i'll be looking at those two claude and um, Joel Farabee. I think from a kid perspective, I I don't think we'll get to see it, unfortunately. But I bet that Sean Couturier Aww. dresses up the baby super cute. They've been kind of a lot more private than some of the other flyers. So I don't really expect to see it. But if we do, I feel like it would be the cutest thing ever. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Um, one, I actually forgot, Brian Elliott. He dressed up with his kids last year, and it was so hilarious. So I, I, I think we'll get a good one this year. So the next question is, if you were to pick a costume for a Flyers player, like who would that be, and what would the costume be? Um, I'm going to do a group costume. It would be Nolan Patrick, Oscar Lindblom, and Travis Konechny. And... If you know, you know, but I would have them dress up as the uh, Powerpuff Girls because they embody who they would play. So which Um, one of them is which Powerpuff Girl? Okay, so Oscar's Bubbles because Uh Oscar's perfect and super amazing. um, Nolan Patrick is Blossom because of the Auburnish hair. And then Travis Konechny is Buttercup because he will fight anyone. And so would Buttercup. That really fits. I love that. Yeah, I can't make that up. I mean, if you know on Twitter, this that little meme of them has always been around and it's just fitting. Like now we should we want to see it. Them <laughs> dressed up as the Powerpuff Girls. Also the Powerpuff Girls are awesome. So they are. It's a really I good used to concept. love that show. Yeah, me too. <laughs> I loved it so much. So I was thinking that I would like to see Travis Sandheim and Phil Myers in some sort of theme costume together. The scary twins from The Shining. 
<laughs> oh, that's a good one. Yeah. I don't know why, but I just think they could do a really good job at being just like creepy and silent. Yeah, I could see that. All right. So uh, our buddy Sean wanted to know, pretending that it's just a regular hockey season and it's a regular Halloween, there's no COVID or anything. Like what does Halloween look like for Gritty? Like how does it go start to finish? That's a good one. I... I don't know. Like, if it was normal times, I don't know if this person would be a Halloween costume. But I'm thinking, like, for sure Gritty would do something with, like, Carol Baskin. Oh, like, yeah. I could see that. But we knowing Gritty, there would be multiple costume changes. There would. I feel like it would progress throughout the day in terms of get starting out super wholesome and winding up <laughs> like completely ridiculously like all the debauchery in the world so it would start off with like a children's hospital visit with wearing like a cute costume or maybe gritty would dress up as the fanatic or something and mm-hmm. like go visit kids in the hospital after that go to some other like halloween parade with some kids at a school and then from there, kind of go to maybe a happy hour and give out <laughs> prizes. So it like, starts to get a little bit crazy and then kind of have a huge, like if there wasn't a game mm-hmm. associated with it, just have a big carnival like at Xfinity Live with a haunted house and all this like gritty stuff in the haunted house. And then just have like a crazy party to end the night. That would be amazing. Oh, now I'm getting sad. <laughs> that would be amazing. So have have you ever dressed up for Halloween in a hockey-related costume? And if so, what was it? Oh, no. I'm going to show how boring I am. No, I have not dressed up uh, in any hockey-related costume. But if I did, I'd probably be like... I don't know, Claude Giroux or, oh, I think Sean Couturier would be a good one because then, like, you'd have to find something to, like, black out your t- your front teeth. Oh, and then yeah. you smile, it's just, like, missing teeth. I think that would be a good one. But, yeah, I've never done it. Maybe, maybe that's my Halloween costume for this year. Go for it. <laughs> I have done it only because I have hockey equipment, and so I can, like, I'm just a hockey player. <laughs> and I just, like, throw on my gear. Um, and I was an official once. I got oh, a striped a shirt and uh, it was a lot more comfortable because I could just wear like track pants instead of <laughs> like the full pads and everything. So being yeah. an official is, is a good option there. And then last question, what is your favorite Halloween entertainment thing? Is If it's like a movie or a TV special or a novelty song or something like that, like what is your favorite? So I get scared very e- easily. So my favorite thing for Halloween is probably a movie but not a scary movie I would have to go with um just like a like a really like good nostalgic one for me which probably would have to be Halloween Town if anyone knows that listening uh shout out to you because that was an insane movie I loved it so much but yeah that's probably that would probably have to be my go-to every year I make sure I watch Halloween Town. I don't know that one. I will have to check it out for sure. Yeah. It's like, it. it's such a nostalgic one. It, uh, it was on Disney Channel as a kid. Ah. 
for me, it would have to be, and this song is appropriate all year round, really, but I think it gets a little bit more play around Halloween, and that would be uh, Re Your Brains by Jonathan Colton. And I love it so much. It's just like this matter-of-fact song about, you know, a guy who works in an office who happens to now be a zombie, and and, uh, (laughs) it's so good. It's so good. So on that note, we'll wrap up with our Flyers fun thing, which is, of course, our captain, Claude Giroux, sticking up for Ivan Provorov. And, you know, NHL Network puts out these lists all the time, and they're really just designed to make people angry so that they're creating content. I don't think any of the people putting out these lists actually believe the content of these lists. But they're just to, you know, create controversy. And so they listed about 25 NHL defensemen as as the top in the league and left Ivan Provov off the list. And our captain, Claude Giroux, was not pleased about this and made his thoughts known on Twitter. So that is our Flyers fun thing. I love it because it's like you realize that Claude's just lurking on Twitter sometimes. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I love it sneak attack from Claude Giroux all right thanks for listening to today's show we'll be back again tomorrow of course and as a reminder we want to hear from you send us in your comments mail bad questions all that good stuff via twitter at locked on flyers or by email to locked on flyers at gmail.com I'm Danielle and you can find me on twitter at Danielle underscore Nick that's Danielle underscore N-I-C-C. And I'm Rachel. I'm on Twitter at rmiriam. That's R-M-I-R-I-A-M. Now tune into the most recent episode of Locked On NHL and have a great day.